this is Kix 1. Hey, it's Corey again. Hi, Corey! Yay! <laughs> Does time work out? You're on time, baby. You're on time. You're fine. Great. You're Great. fine. Not a problem at all. Oh, my goodness. I like doing these interviews like we're just talking. Is that okay? Yeah, that's great. Awesome. All right. <clears throat> I want to say, first of all, thank you for taking the time to talk with me today. I'm excited to talk to you, Corey, for a couple of reasons. Number one, because you have been around for a long time in country music, ever since you were like 11. <laughs> Yeah, in, in some form or fashion, that's right. Yeah, and then you're going to be opening for Jason Aldean at the Iowa State Fair. It's been a crazy and winding path to get to right here. And yeah, I mean, it's a dream come true to be on tour with Jason and I'm excited for all these shows we have coming up. Oh, man, the Iowa State Fair. That's a bucket list for a lot of people. Is it a bucket list for you? You know, I am probably the worst when it comes to creating bucket lists. I, I probably have like one venue on that. Really, most of my goals have to do with like personal development as lame as that might sound <laughs> not necessarily experiences i am super excited but really what i'm most excited about is like how we've built to where we are if that makes any sense sure. of the the caliber of people that we've surrounded ourselves with and just the integrity of uh, the camp that we've built and we haven't been able to take any shortcuts to get the right here and those sort of things are what i kind of you know, hang my hat on. And obviously they lead to really cool opportunities like playing at the Iowa State Fair. Yeah. I've got to talk about this awesome story with you and Willie Nelson. Yes. I've seen the video. It's so cool. <laughs> Corey, I knew the song, Milk Cow Blues. That was an Elvis really? Presley song. Oh, yeah. So that song has been handed down through the generations. It started with, so when you said I was 11 and in country music, I was playing in a Western swing band. Oh, cool. And Western Swing was Bob Wills and the Texas Playboys, like it was almost a tribute band to them. Sure. And Asleep at the Wheel kind of, you know, picked up the torch and carried Western Swing into the next generation. Mm -hmm. And I was part of a band that was trying to carry it one more generation, right? And that is where I learned that song. It's an old, like, Dust Bowl era, 1930s Western Swing song. Mm -hmm. And it's been covered by countless people, including Elvis and Willie and just some of the great. And so that's a song that I grew up playing and was fortunate enough to get an opportunity to play it with Willie Nelson. And that night, it, it literally changed my life because I was at the crossroads. The band had broken up because I was the youngest in the band and everyone was going to college. And I knew how hard it was to get any momentum going in music. And I was about to just call it quits and just go back to being a normal high school kid and go back to wrestling and playing football or whatever and that night with willie happened and it was the night that set into motion okay i'm gonna i'm going to nashville i'm gonna learn how to write songs clearly there's something in the universe telling me that my music journey's not over yet and it wasn't because then you were a part of the voice right uh, yes with blake shelton a couple years later that opportunity came knocking i'd moved to nashville then back to oklahoma to go to college my band that i was with in college we were getting some popularity and we were playing you know i was going to school at oklahoma state but we were playing some shows down in georgia at these colleges mm -hmm. these fraternities and I got an email from an NBC producer that said, hey, we've been following you a little bit. We think you'd be a great fit for this show. And, you know, we want you to come audition. And, and I thought it was a complete joke because I'd never really sent anything in. And so I responded with, you know, something like, okay, if you're really from NBC, why don't you prove it? Because I thought somebody was messing with me. Sure, I understand. Yeah. They sent back credentials like NBC, you know, backstage credentials. I was like, oh, shoot, these people are for real. <laughs> and uh, 
what was conflicting about it is I've always seen myself as building my career on the road, and that's kind of how my heroes did it, and that felt like, you know, there's no shortcuts in life that I've been able to find. So it kind of felt like that was not the right path. But one of my mentors, a guy named Tim Dubois, said, listen, if this was around when your heroes were trying to make it, you better believe Willie Nelson would have taken the opportunity to play in front of millions of people in one night. You should walk through the door just to see where it leads. So admitting that he was older and wiser than me, I took his advice. I walked through the door and did the audition, and they just didn't send me home for a really long time. I got you know one episode shy of the finale. I was the last country artist that survived that show, and it was a great experience, a growing experience. But it comes as no surprise to me that after that show, here we are almost 10 years later, after building it on the road, now is when I have success. Yeah. Like now is when things start to pay off because I feel like this was always my path to build it on the road, one show, one city at a time, one fan at a time. That's cool. What was it like working with Blake? Oh, man. Well, obviously, he's an Oklahoma boy, so we were instantly uh, had a connection there. And obviously, the amount of country music that both of us have, my history of playing country music growing up and Western Swing, we had a lot in common. And he was hilarious. Like, what you see is what you get. Everything that you expect Blake Shelton to be is exactly who Blake Shelton is. He's hilarious. He's welcoming. And he's just a good old boy. Like, he's just a regular dude that happens to be extremely talented and has been extremely successful. Any words of advice did Blake give you? Really what he was good at was just like embracing what I already was instead of trying to change what I was doing. You know, I came in there and I actually sang Milk Cow Blues for my audition. Oh, cool. And that was like a big no-no because they only wanted top 40 songs that were current. And I went, you know what? If I'm going to do this thing, I'm going to do it my way so that I don't have any regrets. So I walked in, I sang Milk Cow Blues, and they just kept, they actually started requesting at the, you know, throughout the process that I would, you know, sing that song. So he was really good about encouraging me not to change for the sake of success, right? Yeah. Just keep being you, and eventually, you know, hopefully what you do lines up with what's popular and, and you get your opportunity. And, and also, you know, it was the first time I'd had any like vocal coaching. So, it was nice to see like what the pros do to preserve their voice and how to play night in and night out. That was probably the most valuable thing that I got from uh, that experience. Oh, for sure. Yeah, because without your voice, you, yeah. <laughs> it's really easy out here. I mean, you, you'll hear about it a lot. New artists that, you know, they, they take off really fast. They get a lot of notoriety and they go on tour. And the first weekend of their tour, they lose their voice. Mm-hmm. And then they have to cancel. I've seen it happen in this last year. I've seen it happen with three different new artists that are all big big artist and it's really important that you learn how to preserve your voice and that yeah i mean it's it's something that yeah you obviously can't go on stage and, and sing 90 minutes every night if you don't have a voice so yeah it's important yeah what are some things that you do to, to preserve your voice for me i found that mainly it's talking in loud environments that makes me lose my voice okay. so there was a lot of times where especially when you when you cut your teeth in the texas club scene like mm-hmm. that's where we were playing all the time mm-hmm. so you want to meet your fans. You want to interact with them. And I just had to be really smart about the amount of time that I would stay and, you know, talk with fans and sell T-shirts and sign stuff. I had to start putting a limit on that because there comes a point where you're trying to talk over the bar music and then you start to push, you know, to really project your voice. And then you wake up the next morning and, and your voice is gone. That's one of the things that just having some, you know, boundaries that you set, mm-hmm. some parameters, and self-control of not wanting to stay out all night. And obviously, too much alcohol, that that never helps uh, the vocal cords. So just being, just setting some boundaries there to, to keep you uh, on the on the right path. Yeah. 
You know, the first time I heard you was when I heard your, your number one song, Wild as Her. And I went, wow. I like the sound. Who is this kid? And then I heard about the Willie Nelson story and, you know, about Blake and, and the voice. And I went, this guy is really awesome. And now you've got a new song out, Something's Gonna Kill Me. Good grief, Corey. Yeah. <laughs> Motorcycling, <laughs> man. I saw I saw the video of you on the motorcycle. Whew. Yeah. So I've grown up riding and, you know, when I was a kid, my, my dad and I used to, our thing is we would go riding dirt bikes. I'm eight years old and I remember like my, some of my favorite memories. Is my dad, he only had a motorcycle for a while. So he would drop me off at school mm-hmm. when I was with him. He would drop me off at school on the motorcycle. And I just, I just remember having an affection for that. I just loved the freedom that felt like. And so growing up, you know, always had that. And, and then I, as fate would have it, I marry a girl whose dad owns a motorcycle shop. So <laughs> I probably married the only woman that would say, hey, when are you going to get a motorcycle uh, after you have kids? So I, for a while, that's all I had. I had a motorcycle that I rode to and from work during COVID just to, you know, make ends meet. I was working at the motorcycle shop, but also working at a pavement company. Oh, and all I had was that, that motorcycle. So I... I got back to kind of those roots and and just fell in love with it all over again. The one thing that people point out when you're on a motorcycle is like, well, you better be careful to die on that thing. One of my favorite quotes is, get busy living or get busy dying. Meaning everything comes with a risk and you have to decide what's worth it to you, what brings you enough enjoyment to take that risk on. And there's risk everywhere. I mean, there's risk driving to work, right? So just what's worth it to you? What fills your life up enough to to take it and that's what that song's about that's where that song came from of just kind of kind of a response to people being concerned about me and going hey it's okay i enjoy this enough that if this is how i go this is how i go Uh, Corey, we could talk forever because we haven't even talked about the kids yet (laughs) i know but uh, i know you're busy and you have to reserve your voice that's the most important thing I want to thank you so much for your time today. I look forward to seeing you at the Iowa State Fair opening for Jason Aldean. Pinch yourself. It's, it's going to be a great time. And <laughs> thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you for having me. Can't wait to connect with you in Iowa and uh, see all the great people out at the State Fair.